Hey, Katie. Hi, Ben. So I have been obsessed with election stuff. I was wondering if maybe we could invade our listeners' ears in this way as well, in, in this podcast with election stuff too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it hasn't, if there's one little crevice of your life it hasn't invaded yet, it's going to invade that crevice now, which is this episode. Yeah, yeah for sure. Let's do it. Yeah, linear regressions is no longer your safe haven. <laughs> your safe space, exactly. <laughs> you are listening to Linear Digressions. Okay, so actually I told a bald-faced lie. I have not been following election stuff really at all. Mainly what I meant by that was I've been following all of the funny YouTube videos people have been making about Donald Trump and, you know, all the all of the editing that people have done to kind of make fun, poke fun at the political process. I haven't really been following the elections per se. Oh, well, so I think the elections from where I can tell are, I think all that stuff making fun of them is fairly faithful to what's actually going on in the elections oh. right now. <laughs> so you might be getting a representative sample. All right. But yeah, your your point is well taken. There's actually a lot of really interesting analysis that's going on. Political campaigns are big, noisy things. There's lots of people talking. There's lots of stuff being written down, data being taken. So they form a interesting laboratory for trying to do data analytics. And obviously, there are a lot of people who want to do data analytics, too, because they want to try to win elections and win races. What, what do you mean by a big, noisy thing? Oh, the, like what's like what's noisy about it? Oh yeah, the, there's a lot of people talking about it, and they're saying lots of things, and they're saying things that are uh, tend to be very strongly flavored. So, a few things mm. I can think of off the top of my head. One is that there's just a lot of newspaper articles, for example, being written, and so if you're doing something like text analytics, that forms a nice corpus for you to try to do analysis on. Second is that a lot of times when you're doing text analytics, natural language processing type things. It helps a lot if people are speaking very strongly about what they're talking about. They're they're being very specific in the things they're talking about, or they're using very emphatic language. It helps you disambiguate who's talking and what they're talking about. Oh, that's interesting. So, so basically, training these um, techniques on data that's a little bit more clear before you move to the really nuanced stuff, yeah. like normal human interaction and and little subtle cues. Exactly. Machines are not good at subtlety and neither are presidential candidates. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, well said. so it's a nice laboratory. And then there's a, there's all this peripheral stuff, people talking, there's lots of tweets and lots of hashtags and there's memes and there's jokes and there's, it, it's just, that's what I mean in the sense when I say it's a big noisy thing is there's just lots of people talking. One other thing is that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different kinds of data that all comes out of this same single thing, right? So you've got a lot of text data, you've got a lot of audio data, you have some video data, you have um, uh, numbers that you could analyze, uh, and all of it is kind of related. And so it forms a nice, uh, I guess, political world where you can apply a bunch of different techniques and they can even sometimes crosstalk. Oh, crosstalk like how? Oh, I, I guess not crosstalk. That's a technical term. But they can, you can use different these different techniques that may otherwise be disparate to build on each other because there's so much different data about this one thing. Oh, yeah. So that actually brings me to the first topic that we're going to talk about. Ooh, nice segue. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, nice setup. This was actually <laughs> a suggestion that came to us from Twitter uh, by via Janet Wessner. 
So we would like to thank you for this excellent suggestion, Janet. And thank you for your patience as we took forever to cover it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what this is, is this is a paper that's on the archive right now. The title of it is Political Speech Generation. And it was written by Valentin Kasernig, who is a researcher at uh, UMass Amherst. And <laughs> I, I guess his thinking to uh, to put words in his mouth a little bit completely unfairly was, you know what we need more of? We need more congressional speeches that we can read. So why don't oh, I just no. <laughs> make a computer alg- algorithm that can generate them? <laughs> that's, com- that's amazing. No, that's completely unfair. Uh, but yeah. but he did. He he built a an NLP process, a natural language processing system <laughs> that can generate congressional speeches. Wow. And so this is a really nice paper that has a lot of little crevices in it, where he's talking about some of the details that are involved in doing natural language processing. So I'm only going to paint it in the broadest strokes. Sure. Uh, but it's a, it's really nice to read as like a summary article. It gives you an idea of the sort of state of the art in terms of doing some of this stuff. And uh, how how real do these sound? Like, do these sound like they, they're actual con- uh, congressional speeches? Oh, well, Ben, if I told you that right now, that would be ruining it. So I have to drag you through all the uh, obnoxious stuff about telling you how it works <laughs> first, all right? right? That, sounds, that sounds good. That That's sounds your good. reward we'll is a- that you get to listen to bot-generated congressional speeches. Woo! And actually, there's more coming uh, after we cover this topic. So, Oh, yeah. This is this is the warm-up. The, the little dessert at the end is even better. Okay, <laughs> okay so how, how does this work? Anyway, yes. So what this is, is he took a bunch of congressional speeches that were given on the floor in 2005 and then fed those into a, a generation system that does basically two things with them. One is that he parses them into n-grams, in this case, six grams. We talked about n-grams in one of our recent episodes on natural language processing, but an n-gram is just a package of words that appear in sequence and denotes the number of words that are in that package. So in this case, a five-gram or a six-gram would be five or six words that occur together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah. that, allows the, that allows the algorithm to kind of get... Con- the context of what was around the word, as opposed to just looking at uh, a one gram. I don't know if that was what it would be called, where you're just looking at an individual word, but you don't have the context of where that, how that word is used. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised at this, how how high N was in this particular use case, because usually when you hear about N grams, there are things like two grams and three grams. And so mm-hmm. the fact that he goes all the way up to five surprised me a little bit, because sometimes that can really wreak havoc with the uh, the statistics of the sample that you're using. It makes it so it's it's very sparse uh, to be technical about it a little bit. Um, is that because you normally don't have as big of a data set as he had? No, I think what is happening here, so one thing is, is the way he words it is a little bit ambiguous, and I think it might be that there's a little bit of flex that he's put in the system with respect to the exact order of the words and maybe the exact membership that you can have approximate m-grams i'm i'm not exactly sure it's a little bit ambiguous from the way a couple sentences Mm. are phrased but i think the reason why he's doing it and this is a little bit of speculation on my part but i think it makes sense is that in the context of doing something like generating a political speech when you're speaking politically you're usually using a fairly specific set of language and you're talking about a topic sometimes in a fairly in-depth or specific way. And so 
If you were to use a more general purpose thing, like a two gram, a bigram, or a trigram, then it's hard to capture as much context or nuance in two or three words as in five words, obviously. And so then when you use that to train a system, the system, I think, would jump around a lot more and it wouldn't be able to sort of consistently keep talking about a particular topic or in a particular style as well as as what you would like for something like a political speech. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. So he uses the engrams to predict what's the next word in a sequence, given that these are the words that I've seen out of the last four or five words that have been uttered. But the second thing that you need to keep track of is <laughs> make sure the person stays on topic. <laughs> because mm. sometimes the words, there might not be anything in the last four or five words that's very specific to the topic that the person is talking about. And so if you don't have any other way of keeping, if you don't have a way of keeping track of the topic, then people will still, the, the speeches will wander around and not be consistently talking about the same thing. So there's also a topic modeling aspect of this. And it's, it's kind of interesting. It's a different kind of topic modeling from what I usually see. What I usually have seen for topic modeling and these kinds of things is something called latent Dirichlet allocation or LDA, which is an entire topic in its own right. Um, but what he uses instead is a, uh, a methodology that's designed for finding technical terms, like noun phrases that are technical and can therefore be sort of strong flags of what the topic of the conversation might be. So one example of a technical noun phrase is central processing unit, where mm. central processing and unit, each of those words individually has sort of a meaning but when they're put together in that package they mean something very specific and the sort of yeah. different from any of them individually yeah it's the thing that drives our computers right right cpus so if you can find phrases in the document that sort of follow those sorts of linguistic patterns like noun phrases with certain patterns of where the nouns are and where the adjectives are and occasionally where conjunctions can be then very often those end up being the technical phrases that clue you in to what the person is talking about. So if you can find the technical phrases, you can use those to decide what the topics are. And so he's able to realize that people are talking about very specific topics because this is a particular year in Congress. It, it looks like from a table of topics that are that's published in this paper here, they were talking a lot about stem cell research, some community safety stuff, I'm looking at this, it mm -hmm. says things like community protection, gang deterrence, deterrence in community. So I assume that's things like neighborhood safety. And this is for this year? No, this is from 2005. Ah, 2005. Okay. Yeah, so whatever was going on in 2005. Sounds like it was stem cell research and uh, <laughs> neighborhood safety. Yeah. So he comes up with a list of topics. And so then when the generation is going on, you now have two major components that are driving what the next word is is going to be is it's what is likely given the literal text of the last four or five things that have been said so there's a textual component and then there's a topic component which is what is this person talking about sort of in a broader sense and then you draw a word that is consistent with both the text that the person has been saying and the overall topic and it generates speeches that way are you ready for some speeches Yes, I, yeah, I, I would love that. Actually, can you send me one of them uh, over chat 
I want to read one of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you want a short one or a long one? Uh, let's do a short one. Okay. These were generated to be in the style of either Republicans or Democrats, and whether they were voting yes or no on a particular issue, although I'm not sure if the issue was determined at the start. So this one is a Republican yes. All right, start. Mr. Speaker, I yield two minutes to the gentleman from Illinois, Mr. Hyde, my dear friend with whom I agree on some things, but not on this issue. Although the majority of the bill I know is consistent with the gentleman from California, Mr. Lantos, and the gentleman from Virginia, with their very wise substitute, give us a chance to help the consumer and declare energy independence. I also want to point out that this bill is far from perfect. In many respects, it is troubling. This Congress has a proven history of of lax oversight of the administration, and there is a difference. Well put, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) What did I just say? Oh, you just said a bunch of things that are in the style of someone from Congress. I don't know. Like, what are are they ever talking about? I, well, uh, that's, a, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem is that uh, the best that this thing can do is give you things that sound like what people actually say in Congress. And is that really, is that really something you want to read? I'm looking at this some more of these. Like, yeah. This, this almost feels like um, a, a while ago we did an episode on random Kanye. And uh, Kanye, uh, Kanye Markov chain combined with, uh, it was, the, the corpus was, Kanye's all of Kanye's lyrics and Bible verses yep. and they kind of combined them together and generated these tweets and it kind of feels like uh, a better less comedic more dry version of that of course the, the material is pretty dry but yeah no these actually these turn out really good uh yeah. it's I, I was genuinely impressed with how good these things end up turning and i think part of the reason and part of the reason i like this paper a lot in general is that they tried a lot of things and it they report on all of the stuff that they tried other techniques and saying like oh well we we tried a recurrent neural net we found that it didn't work that well we tried doing it sentence by sentence instead of with engrams we found that it had these problems of that is really cool. i really like that yeah so you end up learning that's a lot. so much better that's so much better than like we we did this and it worked like that's that's always the hard part about learning is all of the the blog posts that you find are often this is what works not this is my journey and these are the things that I tried and here was my thinking along the way I agree I agree I thought this was a very good paper in that respect now are you ready for something a little bit less useful <laughs> a little less useful yeah. uh, okay so we were talking about random Kanye Oh yeah. This okay. is Oh, is this an or is there another Twitter bot out there's, there? Oh, there's a lot of Twitter bots actually. I heard about a Bernie Sanders Twitter bot the other day which I have not checked out yet. Um of course, of course, there is a Donald Trump Twitter bot. I'm of shocked that it took this long. Is it called like Donald Trump bot? It is called Okay, so in order to understand this name, let me under, let me recap well, something. Wait, what what's what's the name first? Deep Trump. Deep Trump. Oh, Trump. That's uh, John Oliver did a segment on Donald Trump and kind of half made up, half pulled from Donald Trump's past this name, Trump. Yeah. So this is the deep refers to a deep uh, neural net, which was how, Uh, which is what's actually the technology that's sitting underneath this thing. And then Trump is alliterative and also 
maybe indicates how seriously the people who took this, how seriously they take Donald Trump as a <laughs> person on Twitter. I don't know. So this this is coming out of MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab. So you know it's got to be good, right? <laughs> Apparently the creator was inspired by a similar neural network that was uh, doing Shakespeare uh, quotes, but uh, was particularly enthused about this project because he had read somewhere that Donald Trump tweets at a elementary school uh, linguistic level and was like, hey, that sounds... Uh. That sounds simple. We should be able to do this. So built built a neural net, which is trained off of, I think, both Donald Trump tweets, but primarily Donald Trump speeches, because there's just many more things that he says than things yeah. that he tweets. Yeah. Would you like to hear some Donald Trump tweets? I would tweets? like to hear some. Yeah, please tell me some. Deep Trump, I, should, I guess I should say. Or Donald Trump Trump-like tweets. Sure. I wish I could do a good Donald Trump impression because it would be so much more fun if I could do this in the like, in the Donald Trump like. And they'll tell you what mm-hmm. they love me. It's going to be very classy. It's it's good. Okay, it's yeah. amazing right now with ISIS. I tell you what, I don't want them to vote. The very worst social people. I love me. That's deep drama. But that that was one of the tweets. Yeah. The tweets. <laughs> I love me. <laughs> I love me. <laughs> we have competence. Our people don't need anybody. I have smart people. Uh, it's got it's oh captured God. the braggadocio i i really like it the braggadocio yeah it, it really has captured something we have to make the united states they can't do it because i'm going to pay for the country are you sure these aren't real <laughs> we need somebody that literally has a nuclear wealth and the enemy tougher on with and in my opinion the new china believe me <laughs> I okay. I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. I'm just gonna read all of this. Read deep Trump. Oh, there's there's a lot of them. Oh, and I'm just I'm scanning to the bottom of this summary article here. Uh, it's in Quartz Magazine. MIT built a Donald Trump AI Twitter bot that sounds scarily like him. And the coda to this article is that the same guy is in is con- considering building bots for other candidates. Uh, specifically Bernie Sanders, it sounds like is on his list, and then wants to have mm. them talk to each other. Oh, no. <sighs> so oh, that's coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems, like, it seems like Twitter is more and more becoming a platform for bots to talk to bots. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a, Not that's a huge problem when you're doing Twitter analytics and stuff is there's a lot of bots out there and you have to figure out which ones are. I think sometimes they have very particular patterns especially in who they follow and how they follow them so there are handles for that but i know that we do a lot of work with twitter at civis analytics that's where i work and one of the things that the the twitter people are always a little bit concerned about and trying to figure out how to keep under control is bot contamination but that's a topic for another day uh, until then just good. enjoy enjoy deep drumpf and uh i don't know try to keep your sanity through the election i suppose <laughs> all right yeah sounds good and um are we gonna have another election show oh i'm sure we will there's so much we probably going on I, I was i was thinking we could reassure everybody that no that this is this is it but <laughs> i'll tell know. you what okay so if you like i i genuinely don't know the answer to this question if you like the election stuff and you're interested in hearing more about it because there's a lot of it out there and it's really fun there's yeah there's a lot of stuff tweet there. at us and if you're like no, this is the last quiet space in my life that has not been invaded by the election. Tweet that at us too. 
this this is useful and also if you don't live in the united states and you have no idea what you're talking about or we or you don't care i suppose that's interesting as well so if you have an opinion on this i'm genuinely interested to to hear what people think Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.